You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. In today's program, Father Paul explains the technical scriptural understanding of the assembly as being something to which the people are called, not a place at which they decide to gather. I am delighted to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. You will kill it, you take some blood the importance of the blood here and put it on the two doorposts and the lentil of the houses in which they eat them. And then in verse 8, they shall eat the flesh that night, roasted with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Later we have the explanation for that, that they didn't have time to prepare things because they were on the go. So do not eat the lamb raw or boiled with water, but roasted its head with its legs and its inner parts. Completely, it has to be edible, dead. And you shall not leave anything of the remains, okay? They shall be burned. That's why in our Orthodox tradition, the priest has to consume the rest of the chalice. You cannot leave anything for later. And that's the Lord's Passover in verse 11. And notice here in verse 12 we have that verb and I shall pass, I will pass through the land of Egypt that night. And I will smite all the firstborn of Egypt, both men and beasts, and on all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. And we have here the famous Shefatim judgment. So, beyond Pharaoh, the battle of God is with the gods of Egypt. That's very important. Remember that famous sign, Psalm 82, where God judges the deities of the nations. Hence, we have the stress of the oneness of God in the sense of his uniqueness, because he cannot be destroyed, whereas the other gods can be destroyed. So, very important verse 12 here. So, the battle ultimately, because, I mean, technically, for uh, God, Pharaoh is a human being, no big deal. But in Psalm 82, we have God saying to the other gods, although you are gods, but you shall be treated as men, as Adam, just human beings, meaning not having powers, which means you are fake gods, not in essence, but in functionality. Okay, the blood shall be a sign for you, 
to remember that I have killed the firstborn of Pharaoh in Egypt, and this day will be a memorial day, Zikron from Zakar, which is he remembered. Again, those who know Arabic can guess it immediately because it's the same root. That's how we refer to our Eucharistic liturgy. It's a remembrance. Okay, and then you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord. Very interesting statement. Throughout your generations, you shall observe it as an ordinance. We have the word ordinance. Many words are like that in Hebrew important words that can be either in the masculine or a feminine huqa and huq okay in Arabic that is the root for verity truth so it's the stress with the huq is on its factuality and you will celebrate it as a hug. Very interesting, that pilgrimage. That's why later, Pascha is one of the three feasts where the people are asked to go to another place, specifically Jerusalem, to do that feast. Now, it is linked interestingly here already in preparation of later what we hear in the law with the feast of the unleavened bread so we have two feasts linked together let's go quickly over them seven days you shall eat unleavened bread on the first day you shall put away leaven out of your houses for if anyone eats what is leavened for the first day until the seventh day and that is a reminder that they were rushing and they were moving and thus they didn't have time to cook the bread okay in the oven and so on they were on the move so that is the function okay one more time approach things the way i asked you to approach the issue of the spoil you have to make it understandable within the context of that particular story of event. Otherwise, you are just bringing foreign explanations that suit your soul and your brain and your heart, but have nothing to do with the text. And very interesting, verse 16 that on the first day you shall hold a holy assembly. Now again, for someone hearing an assembly, assembly is an assembly, that's why he could guess that, oh, assembly, the original word is kahal in Hebrew, and then you go on. But that's not what's written. What's written here is mikra kodesh. And very important, I stress this in my latest books, meaning that it's a gathering where something is read out to you and by the same token it's an assembly to which you have been called 
not you yourselves held hand together and decided to go as people do on Sunday to the church. We go to the church and thus there is a church. No. The we can have 15 meetings. It's not a church, even in the Greek, the choice of ecclesia is very important. It is from the verb kaleo. You have been called. Shmemon used to stress to everybody that in Corinthians 1.11, Paul says, when you come into church, as a church, into being a church, in other words, before you set foot in the building, you are not church. So calling the building church, from my perspective, is still interesting. But not in the sense as we understand it. Because unless you are called, you do not gather in the church, that's what we do, and then we tap God on the shoulder and say, God, okay, we're all here now, call us to do the service. I mean, that's disgusting. So please, all of you listening to me, try to write down this verse. Exodus twelve sixteen, and we're going to hear it later, how the three main feasts, again, of pilgrimage are referred to each as a mikra, and mikra kodesh. It's a holy calling by God so that you could meet and then you could hear something read to you. So it's a very pregnant word only in Hebrew or Semitic languages. But it's so hard to translate that even in Arabic it doesn't make sense for the hearer and then they use a different translation to express the gathering. But the original stresses the calling and then the reading at that calling. And you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. For on this very day, it's very interesting in Hebrew, I made my comments on my commentary on Ezekiel, because in the Hebrew you say, in the bone of this day, it's the way we say in any English, the marrow of my bones, which is in the inside of. Now you say, well, in English on this very day is good enough. For me, it's not good enough. Because no, you're not hearing that. Especially in Ezekiel, where you have a dealing with the bones of the people that are scattered. It's no joke, friends. Teach the children between 6 and 10, forget about before and after, out of the Hebrew text. And trust me, they will understand everything you say. Most of the time, they are not going to like it, but then you are convinced that they understood it because it's unlikable.
But for the adults, you cannot do that. You have always to make them feel good. And the adults make fun of the teenagers. But the problem is that the teenagers should remind the adults that they are the teenagers. They need always to feel good. And that's why they project this on the teenagers and try to make them feel good. And then that's what psychologists write to you in their books. And we follow the pattern and everybody is trying to make the next generation feel good. Do you see this in scripture? It's impossible. You have to make them not feel good so that they can change their way. And that's the entire function of scripture so that the people would change their way. If they change, they will have the blessing. If they do not change, they'll be under curse. As simple as that. And that would be throughout your generations. Very interesting in verse 17. As an ordinance, hukkah forever. Okay? And then he explains the feast that you shall have unleavened bread from the 14th day until the 21st for one week. For seven days no leaven shall be found in your houses. For anyone who eats what is leavened, that person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel. Whether he is a sojourner or a native of the land. Notice the stress. One more time. That the congregation is what has been congregated by the call of God. But what is congregated, starting already in Genesis chapter 17, could be an original member of the household or a stranger of a slave. It does not matter. What links them together in 17 is circumcision. Once people are circumcised, technically you don't know anymore whether their circumcision was already at birth or later and so on. It's you are circumcised or not. So very interesting in all these feasts in the Bible where there is no differentiation. So Paul did not come out of the blue sky and started saying what he wanted to say. He was just reading scripture and understood it more correctly than the Jewish leaders of Jerusalem who sold themselves and their souls to the Herodians and threw them to the Romans. Whereas Paul, as we all know, battled not only the Jews, but also the Romans, mainly Caesar, and not only Caesar, but also the Jews of Jerusalem. 
he had two fronts to battle because ultimately he was speaking about forming the ecclesia that is called by God who calls all peoples alike and this goes back to Genesis 1 through 9 The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.